Hello and good morning. It's Thursday, the 23rd of August, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the only twice-weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. Today, Volkswagen electrifies Drive AI, says hello to Arlington. Lyft gets automated with Aptiv in Las Vegas. And I sprain my neck. All this right now. But first, a few quick reminders. If you haven't yet, make sure to check out the new website for this show over at markhogue.com, where you can subscribe, read all the episode notes in blog form, and of course, discuss debate to your heart's content in the comments to each episode's post. Also, of course, a new Twitter account for the show over at Autonomous Hogue. Please head over and follow it. I promise to engage you as quickly as possible with tweets, direct messages, or whatever else you prefer. That said, don't forget, you can always reach out to me directly on the show. You can leave a voicemail over on the Anchor.fm platform. You can reach out through the contact form at the website. And I'm going to run out of breath explaining all the various ways you can reach out to me. Just make sure you do it because I promise to get back to you right away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, first things first, Volkswagen. Uh, way back in uh, early July, we discussed in episode 44 um, about Volkswagen's new electric car sharing platform called simply We, or being German, I suppose it's V. Uh, in any event, there weren't really much details beyond the fact that the program would first roll out in Germany in 2019, um, with North America scheduled for deployment by 2020. So really, there wasn't much to go on until now, because now we know that Volkswagen is actually going to deploy a whopping 2,000 electric cars in Berlin uh, for this new car sharing service. Um, and the fleet's going to be consisted of 1,500 e-Golf vehicles, which, as you might guess, these are literally just electrified versions of the hugely popular Volkswagen Golf hatchback. Um as well as 500 of the electrified versions of the up exclamation point, which is really just a hugely downsized version of the Golf, really. Uh, for those of you here in America, we don't get those. If you've been to Europe, you've surely seen them running about. They're really pretty cool little cars. Um, but yeah, so the idea is 1,500 of the electrified Golfs, uh, second quarter of 2019, followed by 500 of the electrified up exclamation points uh, later in the year. Um, and the idea is that these are really just kind of getting the program started because if you remember, we've also discussed in a previous episode that Volkswagen were working on a brand new all electric car known simply as the ID series of cars. These then are really going to be Volkswagen's real big push into electrification generally. So the, the presumption here is that these electrified golfs and E uh, up exclamation points are really just going to be kind of kicking things off and will be really just sort of temporary until the ID EV is rolled out sometime in 2020. Um, so, okay, so that said, uh, we are still a ways out from seeing this launch, 
And to be fair, there isn't really any other mention of a rollout in North America other than what we reported before, that it's starting sometime in 2020. Okay, um, still a ways out then. But nevertheless, this is actually a really big deal. Here's why. And by the way, as an aside, you'll see this is somewhat at least tangentially related to one of the other segments we're doing this morning. Because here what we're really talking about is um, fleets, right? Really, Volkswagen's rolling out a fleet of vehicles for public consumption, in this case, all electric. This is a really big deal because it is the best and easiest way to really introduce people to electric vehicles generally. Putting aside for a moment the discussion that this will be quite nice um, with respect to helping to reduce um, emissions and air pollution generally, I think that trying to sell the public on, you know, sort of the importance to reduce greenhouse gases, to reduce vehicle emissions... I think that's sort of putting the cart before the horse, as it were, because um, nobody's really going to care what kind of car they're picked up in. You know, say you're summoning an Uber or a Lyft, or in this case, a new Volkswagen Wii. Um, no one's going to really care what the vehicle is, as long as it's comfortable and gets you from A to B, and of course, is affordable, right? Um, sure, some people might be willing to pay more for a sort of nicer, more luxurious ride, but fundamentally, the vast majority of people just want it to be comfortable, clean, and get you from A to B. On the flip side, though, um, it may well be the case that for whatever reason, people still have their head in the sand about the importance of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, vehicle pollution generally. And so if one were to see, hey, there's this new ride-sharing fleet, and oh, by the way, it's electric to help cut down on emissions, I don't know. I think that could actually sort of put some people off. And that's in any event, not so important. What's more important is to first of all get people to enjoy these cars, to ride in these cars, and then realize, oh, wow, these are actually electric. The fact that more and more people sort of um, jumping on the bandwagon, as it were, with electric cars, well, that's what's going to have the secondary effect of reducing emissions. So get people interested in electric cars, get them to accept them, get them to eventually kind of reduce their range anxiety, as it were, get them eventually to buy their own electric cars. This is the way you're going to sort of see that hockey stick growth in electric vehicle adoption. This then, of course, will lead to vehicle emissions reductions over time. So I think this is a really big deal, what uh, Volkswagen are doing. I think it's a fantastic thing indeed. And to the extent that it rolls out across Europe and eventually in North America, I can really only hope that we'll see sort of um, not just the spread of this program itself, the Volkswagen We brand, but it's my hope that somehow this will be, um, so somehow this can be sort of third-partied out, as it were, to, say, Lyft and Uber operators, or alternatively, at least, that the very vehicles themselves, say, the electrified Golf, the, um, well, I don't think the electrified up exclamation point is going to make it over to the States, um, but certainly the forthcoming ID all electric cars that Volkswagen are going to roll out, you know, seeing those become available here more widespread, That'll be a fantastic thing indeed. And it's not a big leap to imagine that happening, is it? Because we saw the same thing happen with, of course, the god-awful Toyota Prius. Don't get me started. Um, and I even remember when, you know, you know, back in the day, I remember saying, gosh, I'm really surprised that more and more taxis aren't using the Prius. Uh, I never did like the car at all for many, many different reasons, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, 
but yeah, eventually, of course, as we see now, the Toyota Prius, of course, used everywhere in the world. Um, so yeah, I think this thing by Volkswagen is a really great thing. Um, so obviously, I'll have more news, more information for you as I learn about it. All right, so moving on then. Um, back in May, well, that seems an eternity ago, uh, episode 30 did a segment on um, Drive.ai. So if you've forgotten, Drive.ai will surely remind you very, very quickly which cars are belong to them. They have the brilliantly bright orange, um, I believe they are using Ford Transit vans, I think. Um, but anyway, they're really big-ish. They're painted brilliantly bright, uh, I guess international orange it looks like, um, but really sets them apart because, you know, in case their color didn't, um, is the fact that they're kitted out with LCD signs all around uh, that are really meant for a singular purpose, communicating with humans. Yeah, so here's the idea, right? So just in case you missed that episode or you've forgotten, the idea is, you know, like it or not, subconsciously, um, humans are supposed to make eye contact with the driver in a car. At least that's how my parents raised me, and I hope that's how your parents raised you. Don't cross the street uh, until you've made eye contact with the driver. Now, putting aside for a moment, at least here in California, where pedestrians have this ridiculous absolute right-of-way such that people just don't do this anymore, I've literally seen uh, parents crossing uh, a street with their baby in a stroller while listening to music with their uh, AirPods, iPods, EarPods, whatever pods in their ears, they don't look at the cars before crossing. So this just blows my mind. Putting that ridiculousness aside, though, um, the idea is to really kind of bolster this very needed communication. Because if you've got a drive, uh, if you've got a car without a driver, well, you've got no one to make eye contact with. So for those two or three pedestrians amongst you who do still make a point to look at the uh, the driver before crossing, well, now you can't because there isn't a driver in the car in the first place. So what do you do? Well, make the car communicate with the pedestrian itself. So you've got these uh, LCD screens around the car, as I said, and the idea is that they will project images, words onto their screens, essentially letting the pedestrians know, hey, don't worry, I see you, I'm stopping for you, please go ahead and Across the street. So it sounds a bit funny, almost even tongue in cheek, perhaps, but when you think about it, this is actually a really, really important thing. Um, so let's see here. So then, uh, again, Drive AI first launched uh, their pilot program in uh, Frisco, Texas. They've now just announced that they are expanding to the greater Dallas Fort Worth area, to the city of Arlington. You know, the the thing that's so important about this, and I think one of the critical elements that's often missed in the discussion of autonomous cars, these aren't really just about the luxury of getting from A to B, about the fact that, oh, okay, there's stop and go, bumper to bumper traffic, doesn't even matter anymore, I can just kind of kick back, relax, take a nap, do work, whatever I please in the car. There's a much more important, more practical, more um, societally... A crucial thing that these autonomous cars will provide, which is mobility for those who are unable or unwilling or otherwise just not able for some reason to get from A to B on their own. So thinking, for example, of elderly or disabled persons who simply can't drive, or maybe they just don't have a car. Or the, the point is, is that having a fleet of fully autonomous cars 
uh, all over the place, really, on demand. Um, this suddenly enables people to do things they could never do before. Um, think about, for example, I don't know, maybe you've got, say, grandparents, for instance, who, I don't know, maybe they're otherwise perfectly healthy, but for whatever reason, they're just not comfortable driving at nighttime because maybe they just feel they don't see as well. Um, well, now they no longer have to be bound to the home at night. Uh, they can easily just, you know, get from A to B very, very quickly. So very easily. So, um, this is a really important thing. And I think it's something people shouldn't forget about, uh, when thinking about autonomous cars. And I think that, you know, seeing what drive, uh, AI is, is on about and the extent and the speed with which they're able to kind of roll out these programs, uh, at least in these two cities in Texas, that's a really, uh, really cool, very inspiring thing indeed. So I, you know, unless it's not clear, uh, I will make it explicitly so. Um, to the Drive AI team, would I would more than welcome you uh, on this show. If you'd like to have a chat, uh, reach out to me uh, by any of the various methods. Um, let's definitely get you on the show. We'd love to uh, hear more about what you're on about. And um, yeah, definitely reach out if you'd like to chat. Well, speaking of uh, ride sharing and autonomy generally, uh, big news. Lyft has started its process of automating itself by partnering up with Aptive. They are now celebrating a whopping 5,000 self-driving, okay, well, not self-driving cars yet, but 5,000 self-driving car rides uh, in Las Vegas, which that sounds like a pretty good idea because after all, the fewer people we can have driving the streets of Las Vegas, the better. As I recall, it's one of the few places in the U.S., Passengers are allowed to have open alcohol in the car. Uh, anyway, putting all that aside, uh, yeah, pretty big deal. They've just announced this on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, so 5,000 rides in Aptive self-driving fleet have just been performed in Las Vegas. Um, so this is pretty great. Uh, so it turns out that, um, well, at least according to them, their uh, average feedback rating uh, using a an autonomous BMW, again, this is kitted out by Aptive, uh, has a perfect five-star rating uh, with 96% of passengers saying they'd be willing to take another autonomous ride through Las Vegas. Uh, 20% of them have already taken multiple trips. I could go on and on with these stats. I just want to kind of stop there for a moment to make a really important point. This kind of touches on something I've mentioned uh, several times in the past that's worth reminding you of here. When I first was taught to drive, my dad taught me, he's a former race car driver, and you know, one of the most important lessons is you know, being smooth. In fact, arguably, the faster you go, the smoother you need to be. Now, this is really important for your passengers. If any of you ever had uh, friends or family who tend to get car sick, what you'll notice very quickly is that this is exacerbated by sudden sort of abrupt motions, not being smooth as it were. Uh, so very, very important to be a smooth driver. Uh, the test my dad always gave me was, of course, having a cup of water in the car, make sure you don't spill it going around corners. So, you know, having spent a lot of time with autonomous Teslas and other cars, you know, one of the things that becomes very apparent very quickly is that although certainly not uncomfortable, um, at least not most of the time, every now and then you'll get rather abrupt uh, sort of braking or, or, or kind of turning adjustments in the bends. Um, and these abrupt motions by the autopilot system, the self-driving system generally, even lane keep assist or uh, automatic braking, if these aren't really smooth, like a human driver, you know, it's sort of bothersome for the driver, but it's downright nauseating for any sort of passengers, especially those in the back seat. So I think the important thing here to take away from 
this first report about passenger satisfaction with these Lyft active autonomous cars, th- these rides in Las Vegas, is the fact that they're so uh, comfortable. They've enjoyed it so much. Um, this is really important. This means then that the rides are presumably really quite smooth. Or I suppose, alternatively, that the passengers were so uh, drunk uh, during their evening uh, forays throughout Las Vegas that they frankly just didn't care, didn't notice, or maybe just passed out, fell asleep. Either way, hats off to Lyft and Aptive for this 5,000 ride milestone. Uh, Again, if anybody at either company would like to have a chat, we'd be more than happy to have you on the show. So please don't hesitate to reach out. All right, so that'll pretty much do it for today, apart from the thing I mentioned earlier where I managed to destroy my neck at the gym doing my usual uh, pull-up routine. No idea what happened. Pro tip, don't pull a muscle in your neck. It's not fun. All right, one more thing before signing off here real quick, just a friendly reminder. Um, First, a huge thank you to all of you who've been listening to this show since the earliest days, episode one back in February. And of course, all my new listeners, so glad to have you with us here. Um, And now... The good folks over at Anchor.fm, the fantastic platform where I record and host this podcast, they've made it super easy for you to show your support with easy, automatic monthly payments of $0.99 per month, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Very easy to sign up and cancel at any time. Uh, You'll see links thrown about here and there, but generally speaking, you can find it over at the Anchor.fm Uh, profile page for this podcast. So anything you feel like pitching in, very much appreciated indeed. Thank you so much. And one last little footnote here before signing off. Uh, About a month ago, I was interviewed for uh, a podcast over at Evolve ETF. Uh, They're the largest uh, ETF firm up in Canada. They interviewed me about autonomous cars generally. Uh, It's a really great uh, episode. It runs about 30 minutes in length. Uh, You can find it over at the Evolve ETF website under Media podcasts. The website is evolveetfs.com. So that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.